It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on backrowradio.com. On today's show, we celebrate our 200th show and we dive back into three discussions from the past hundred episodes that you voted you wanted to hear again mm-hmm. but first it is january 20th of 2020 it's january 2020 and we have a couple holidays to celebrate wow that just right. like <laughs> i mean glitched me out for there's a second. too many 20s <laughs> i don't know what to do <laughs> All right, of course, today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It celebrates a man who peacefully, prayerfully, and unapologetically led the ch- led the charge for change in the sub- in the civil rights movement. This is an important one. I know. <laughs> I'm trying. I really am. He he led the charge for change in the civil rights movement. He deserves all the honor in the world. However, as our holiday segment typically highlights a weirder holiday, today is also <laughs> National Cheese Lovers Day. <laughs> what a holiday to share. This is my day. <laughs> King Listen, I'm just honored that I can I can relate so closely to a holiday that also is celebrated on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. <laughs> Are you gonna say something? <laughs> I, keep, I keep thinking I'm gonna say something and then I decide not to. No, it's most you know, you got the day off from school, a lot of you got the day off from work. Celebrate Martin Luther King Day and enjoy some cheese. Yeah. Make a nice cheese plate. You know, why not? All right, have you ever wondered how the first human discovered cheese? I have wondered this. (laughs) We've wondered that too, and we'll probably never find out. (laughs) All we know is that it was love at first bite. When the first human tasted the salty, tangy, delicious goodness of cheese, they were hooked. And we can definitely say that human history was forever changed. Cheese might have had mysterious beginnings over 7,000 years ago, but it's insanely popular today. In the U.S., one-third of all milk produced in this country goes into cheese production. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. We're ready to have already a good time celebrating it. <laughs> yeah, I made you read that. That's right. <laughs> I'm just glad that I pre-read. <laughs> oh, that was a joke from Frazier. Roz was lamenting that she didn't get to go home for a holiday or something. Or no, family reunion. And they lived in the Cheese Belt, whatever. And so Wisconsin? They were talking, yeah. And the, so they were talking cheese language. And so instead of saying, hi, how are you? They said, hi, Havarti. And so, oh, I'm Gouda. <laughs> and Fraser's all. <laughs> he said, please, no more. I come on Barrett. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. If you can believe it, 
we have reached 200 individual episodes of our morning show. What? Not counting any reruns or repeats. This is 200 individual episodes. And we took to our Facebook group, Backer Baptist Church, and gave them a list of our best discussions and segments from the last 100 episodes. And you all voted in your top three that we're going to revisit today. First up on our list was what you voted number three. Gratitude rewrites your brain. So there is a, a, a new study, a neuroscience study, that says gratitude literally rewrite, rewires your brain to be happier. So this is an article from the Daily Health Post. Uh, it says, when you say thank you, do you really mean it or is it just politeness to which you give little attention? Neuroscientists have found that if you really feel it when you say it, you'll be happier and healthier. The regular practice of expressing genuine gratitude is not a new age fad. It's a facet of the human condition that reaps true benefits to those who mean it. Uh, let's see here. We'll skip a little bit of this pretense. Uh, other research has found uh, into physical activity. Sorry. Other research into the physical effects of gratitude report even more tangible results. Uh, focusing on the positive and feeling uh, grateful can improve your sleep quality and reduce feelings of anxiety and depression. Furthermore, levels of gratitude correlate to better moods and less fatigue and inflammation, reducing the risk of heart failure, even for those who are susceptible uh, to heart failure. So the reason why gratitude is so impactful to health and well-being, uh, it begins in the brain. In a neurological experiment conducted by researchers at the University of California in Los Angeles, Brain activity was measured, measured using magnetic renaissance imaging uh, as subjects were induced to feel gratitude by receiving gifts. Uh, the areas of the brain showing increased activity were the uh, anterior cingulate cortex and the medial prefrontal cortex, those associated with moral and social cognition, reward, empathy, and value judgment. So this led to the conclusion that the emotion of gratitude supports a positive and supportive attitude towards others and a feeling of relief from stressors. Gratitude activates the hippo, uh, hypothalamus as well uh, with downstream effects on metabolism, stress, and various behaviors. The hypothalamus is located at the base of the brain and regulates hormone responses for many critical functions such as body temperature, emotional responses, and survival functions like appetite and sleep. One of the neurochemicals associated with this part of the brain effect, affected by gratitude is dopamine, the pleasure hormone. Uh, the positive influence of gratitude on mental health continues past a particular event if the emotion is uh, relived. Uh, simple gratitude writing intervention was associated with significantly greater and lasting neural sensitivity to gratitude. Subjects who participated in gratitude letter writing uh, showed both behavioral increases in gratitude and significantly greater, greater neural modulation by gratitude in the median prefrontal cortex three months later. So like it's a progressive thing mm -hmm. that continues to work when you're having that attitude. Um, the lasting effect is psychologically protective. In adolescence, feelings of gratitude have shown an inverse correlation with bullying, 
uh, victimization, and suicide risk. And gratitude affects brain function on a chemical level as it practices or as its practice promotes feelings of self-worth and compassion for others. So this backs up scientifically something that we have learned through Celebrate Recovery, which is the uh, faith-based 12-step program that both Mo and I have volunteered for for, for a long time. Um, and about right now, in step 11 for most people, is where we start talking about gratitude as mm-hmm. we're leading up to, to the holiday season. And that's kind of exactly what I gave in the lesson at CR last week. Yeah. It was, you know, if, if you start focusing on the things that you are grateful for and start looking for things to be grateful for, even in tough situations, you'll find yourself feeling better. When you start serving others and start giving of yourself, you'll find yourself feeling better. The more you are grateful and the more you extend that gratitude outwardly, the, the, the less depressed the less stressed, the less Mm -hmm. anxious and the less susceptible to relapse you'll be. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that we're seeing like a, we see like a scientific backup that says exactly that. Right. Like they did studies about this. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to remain in that attitude of gratitude. Uh, but this year, I feel like it's really been pushed on me a little bit more. Because, um, you know, we started the year with my dad's funeral mm-hmm. in January. Then I've been a part of, in the last few months, of, of officiating parts of two different funerals. Mm-hmm. And in all three of these funerals, they've been funerals for people who have positively impacted a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And... Especially with my dad's, it's made me realize just how grateful I am to have had like a dad who was active in my life, who cared about who I was, who tried to mold me into, you know, a a good person, a good man. And that's so, I want to say rare, but it's not as common as it used to be anymore that you have both parents in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, actively Mm -hmm. all the time. And, uh. Then at these other two funerals that I got to witness, even though I didn't know the people that passed away, you could feel in the room just the gratitude and the love and the reason they'll be missed is not just because they're a family member, but because they meant so much yeah. to these people. And I feel like that right there is is a legacy worth having. Mm-hmm. If if you go to your funeral, which not all funerals are like that. Yeah. There's a lot of funerals where very few people come. There's a lot of funerals even your family members won't show up for. Mm-hmm. If you go live your life with an attitude of gratitude and, and try and spread that outwardly through service and through love and through through doing what you can for others because things have been done and given to you, that's that's a new legacy that you're building. You're essentially building your funeral that yeah. day. You're building... What is going to be left behind on the day that you pass away or the, you know, the time that you pass away. And that's really kind of, I wouldn't say changed my perspective, but made it more clear mm-hmm. about what we should be focusing on. Yeah. Um, we talked about last time we were here and we talked a little bit earlier in the week 
about the gratitude thing every day on Facebook, mm-hmm. sharing sharing one thing that we're thankful for. So, you know, I've been focusing on people. Right. Um, and, you know, I knew right away what my first few were going to be. You know, it's going to be my wife and my kids, my parents, my my siblings, my uh, close friends and coworkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I'm getting down to these last few days, these last couple of weeks, and I'm like, okay, I did all the people that, like, are actively influencing me right now. Mm-hmm. But it started me thinking about people that changed who I was in the past Mm -hmm. that are still reflective of me today. Right. And so now I'm pulling out like childhood friends that, you know, I barely talk to anymore, uh, but had such a significant impact on me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I've told told you all about Nathan before, um, and that's in my testimony. You can go read that about, you know, I was suicidal and, and whatnot. It was rough. But. The one that, that I hadn't thought about until recently was my friend Bubba, who uh, you might remember him if you've been listening for a while uh, from Love Thy Nerd, the ministry out there that, that uh, caters to gamers and, and geeks of all, all types. Uh, really cool ministry. Um, he's, uh, he was, you know, we're, we're not super close now. He lives in Dallas. We don't do all that much together. We don't talk all that much. But... When we were in middle school and high school, we were big friends. We were really close. Uh, when I moved here, I moved here right before junior high began, and I didn't have any friends at all. And he was in the popular group at school. Like, he was in that, there was just that noticeable click mm-hmm. that these were the kids that were, that had it together. You know, yeah. these were the popular, you want to be in our group kind of kids. But he still hung out with me. Like, he befriended me. Uh, through choir, through choir class. He befriended me, hung out with me, and then eventually left the popular group and came and hung out with me and a couple of other of our, uh, guys that I hung out with. Mm-hmm. So, like, he assimilated into our group from the popular group, which is a weird thing to happen in a school dynamic, you know? Right. Um, but one thing about him was that he was always really confident, at least outwardly so. I mean, I know everybody has their own demons that they deal with, and that might have been a way he coped with things. But he was very confident. He was comfortable in his own skin, or at least he appeared that way. And that helped me to want to be that way. You know, it helped mm-hmm. me to try and take steps to be more comfortable in myself. And I remember one thing that really changed about me at that point, which was inspired by his confidence. Was that up until that point in my life, I think it was eighth grade when this happened, up until that point in my life, anytime I walked, I walked with my head down and my eyes on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was terrified of making eye contact with people. I was extremely an introvert back then. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want people noticing me. And I certainly didn't want to be noticed. Yeah. Uh, or start noticing or uh, whatever. Whatever I'm trying to say. Anyway, I made the conscious decision one day. I've got to stop doing this and I've got to start being more confident. And so I looked up mm-hmm. and it was hard to even train myself to stand that way when I walked, you know, with my head right. high and my eyes looking outward. Uh, but I forced myself to do it. And like immediately that gave me more confidence. And that's something that I still do today. I make sure that I, when I'm walking, I walk with my head up mm-hmm. and not face on the ground. Because face on the ground makes you depressed. Face up, even just that little bit of change makes you feel a little bit better. Makes you feel like a part of the world. (laughs) Not in your own little world. You're a part of this world. 
Yeah. And I was so grateful for that as being something that has happened in the past and still affecting me today. Um, it's just, so what I guess what I'm saying with that is that even when you're finding yourself in a rough situation, even if life where you're at right now is miserable, look to the past. Look to the past to somebody who influenced you in a good way. Yeah. And be grateful that that happened and then try to build on that today. I've been hogging the mic. I'll let you talk. <laughs> um, one thing that I do think is really cool about that story, I, and I've never told you this, but I think it's a perfect opportunity now. Okay. But when you think of someone like, I don't know, like if I were to describe you to somebody, you know, hey, okay. do you know Matt Coker? And they'd be like, I don't know. One of the things that I would describe is how you walk and it's something that I've always noticed about you from the time I got to meet you you do you're already a big guy yeah tall and broad just a big guy mm -hmm. but then when you walk you seem so much bigger just because your head is always up your shoulders are always back you can tell when you I can still like I don't know it sounds funny but I can still see you on Thursday nights walking into the fellowship from the the archway there walking into the fellowship hall just upright shoulders mm. back okay just and that's how i see you hmm. when i think of matt that's what i think of i think of that's somebody cool. who is confident and ready to take on whatever and the second that something kind of gets you down your shoulders go forward yeah and you can see it just immediately the second that something happens that wasn't supposed to happen your shoulders roll. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> but I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. But that, <laughs> to me, to be able to hear what, where that originated from, that's really cool because that's something that I, when I think of Matt, that's what I think of. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. that. So there you go. Like you that. can pat yourself on the back because <laughs> you're not just saying it, you're actually living it. Um, but I do think having that... I, I don't think, I know, having that attitude of gratitude, which is what we say in Celebrate Recovery, that is so necessary. And I there's no accident as to why it is the lesson given prior to the holidays. You know, the holidays for anybody can be tough and can be stressful. Um, whether you aren't near family or you've lost family or you just have um, tragic memories associated with holidays you know a lot there's a lot around the holidays that even though it's supposed to be a happy time of year it brings a lot of pain and a lot of sadness and so having that lesson just prior to Thanksgiving preparing your minds preparing your hearts getting your attitude right and adjusted mm -hmm. with with gratefulness um, prepares you to battle relapse, to combat that that relapse that so often happens during the holidays. Um, and not just, you know, drug or alcohol. But for me, a long time it was, I would get so stressed out and so frantic over the holidays and what it was supposed to look like and how it was supposed to be and how things were supposed to go. It was, I was not making it a pleasant experience for anyone around me because my attitude was not 
grateful. My attitude was stressed out and frustrated right, and angry yeah. and irritable. And by Christmas morning, my family's like, I don't want to sit down here and have Christmas with you <laughs> and pretend like we're this happy family when you've been yelling at us and screaming at us for the last 30 days, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's so easy because the stressors of the holiday can be so weight. I guess they can just weigh down on you so heavy. You know, especially when you're a parent or a spouse and a lot of it falls on your plate. But to just take that moment every day to really list out something that you're grateful for. Just write out one thing and truly express what it is about that person or that thing or that experience that has made you grateful. It's a it's a really good tool to. It's a good habit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, what we did in Celebrate Recovery that night, we do like an interactive lesson and we give you four areas in your recovery to be grateful for. We talk about uh, reasons that you're thankful uh, for God, reasons that you're thankful for others, reasons that you're thankful for your recovery process and reasons that you're thankful for your church. And those are a good base group of things to try and find uh, gratitude towards. But of course, there's so many areas of your life that you could write down. Uh, and just make this gratitude list. Just uh, just challenge yourself. You know, think think about work. Think about with your kids. Think about uh, with the, your extended family, uh, your church. You know, all all the different areas in your life. Write all those down. Write mm-hmm. all the areas down, and then challenge yourself to think of at least two people or things that you were grateful for in all those areas. And then just put that list somewhere where you'll see it. Yeah. Put it somewhere where you'll see it. Put it, hang it up on your uh, bathroom mirror where you'll see it every morning. And just remind yourself of things that you're grateful for. And see if that can kind of rewire your brain yeah. into being less anxious, less depressed, less stressed. Mm-hmm. And genuine, genuinely more grateful and, uh, you know, just outwardly happy. Yeah, it's going to change how you look at the people around you because Mm -hmm. it's easy to feel burdened by them. It's easy to feel frustrated with them. But if you start, even if you start your day or you end your day, either way, with reasons why you're thankful for those people, in time you're going to realize you are less frustrated by them. Mm -hmm. You're less irritated by them. And see, the other thing that we brought up in the lesson was being thankful for our own gifts, being thankful for the talents that God has given us uh, for us to give to others and for mm-hmm. us to express. And we talked about how, or I shared how, you know, before before I got arrested, before my whole recovery process began some 13 years ago now, you know, I kind of considered myself as the man. Like I had a lot of talents. I had a lot of skills. And I used them, and I gave all the credit for that to myself. Yeah. And I sometimes I would publicly give the credit to God, but only so I could say, look, I'm humble too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's this the false humility yeah. thing. And when all my garbage came up publicly and everybody could see the failure that I was in real life, all of that meant squat. Nobody cared that I could sing good or anything like that because people knew the real me at this point, knew what I was really dealing with. And that's the point. The reason why I built myself up publicly 
for everybody is because I was trying desperately to hide the fact that I had a struggle, that mm-hmm. I had an addiction, that I had something that I didn't want anybody else to find out, that I was running from God because I wanted to hold on to that. Yeah. And it's been since then, since that I've had to basically rebuild my reputation and rebuild trust with everybody and all that over this this last decade or more plus decade plus that I've really started to be grateful for the gifts that I have. I can still remember the first time somebody asked me to, to sing at their wedding after all that garbage happened Mm -hmm. and how I was blown away that someone would ever ask me to do anything ever again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that right there was, I was so extremely grateful for them for letting me be a part of that ceremony. And that's mm-hmm. public. That's in front of a whole bunch of people. Right. Most of which who knew what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was such a great moment for me that I was able to use the talents that God gave me for, for, for someone else, for, for a fantastic ceremony. And it showed me that, you know, God was still going to use me, just like he does in the Bible. And I don't know why we have such a hard time remembering that about the Bible. Yeah. Is that every single person that God used, aside from Jesus himself, which was God. Right. Was a messed up person. Some very, very much so. With some terrible crap in their past. Oh, yeah. Some terrible crap in their present after they were already devoted to God. Yes. And... (laughs) And God still used them to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And if we just can remember that God's plan is not so tightly tied up in our screw-ups. And it is more about when we are able to hand that over to God and be grateful for what we have and see what he wants for us instead of what we want for ourselves. That's when he can use us. And there are going to be times when we come in and out of that. There's going to be seasons where we're not great at that all the time. Mm -hmm. But God's still going to be there working in the background, waiting for when we get back on track and encouraging us to get back to where he wants us to be. So maintaining that attitude of gratitude, really striving to be grateful all the time, it's going to help us stay on track more often than not. Yeah. That's one of those... Uh, you know, in, in recovery, steps 10, 11, and 12 are kind of called the maintenance steps. It's, it's about keeping your recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's true. These are total life changes, and these are the methods that we keep our recovery. And one of those, one of the big ones, is just being grateful for where we're at, for what we have, for what we've had, and for what God provides for us. Mm-hmm. So as we head into Thanksgiving tomorrow, I encourage you. Really, really think about it. Don't just flippantly think about it because it's Thanksgiving. Don't just throw a thing out at Thanksgiving dinner. You know, I'm thankful, thankful for, for my family. I'm thankful for pumpkin pie. You know, yeah. just be be present, be aware of how you really feel. And work really hard to be grateful. Never done it, I've never fallen the ride that fast someday a boo. Do you trust me? Can't
That was the first of three discussions you voted as our best from the last 100 episodes. Coming up next, the discussion you voted number two from our last 100 episodes. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. the morning side hug a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com we're gonna start off this second hour of our 200th episode with five random facts five random facts about matt mo and our shows what (laughs) the morning side hug is the sixth show we've done together the first was the back row baptist podcast then recording church announcements and the back row with matt and mo both are youtube shows and then as Back Row Radio launch, launched, 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 <laughs> the Back Row Morning Show, with just which just transitioned into our new morning show a few weeks ago, and we also have a short-lived, possibly canceled, but who knows, YouTube show called Back Row Reacts. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? We might get a hanker and do some more. Listen, I'm still trying to get you to go back to our YouTube show. <sighs> just, just look. I did the back row reacts because I thought this is minimal effort. It's literally just watching a video. Yeah, and it was garbage. Huh? (laughs) No, it was fine. (laughs) It was great, especially your episode. Really good. But it's still a lot of dang work. Yeah. YouTube shows you, right? Yeah. I'm good. YouTube shows are just incredibly time-consuming to produce and put together and edit like just doing these these shows our radio shows takes me hours if i were to add in a youtube show i'd never go home on the so listen here's my proposal we can do back row reacts but with what we've done with back row reacts it's just a music video so far i think on monday we talked about uh, Jolly Rancher cereal. Yeah. So maybe we can just broaden the scope of Back Row Reacts and do the Sour Patch Kids cereal and Jolly Rancher cereal as an episode. Do some of those nasty Oreos. That would require you to break keto. But you only got to take a bite. Sure. Yeah. So that probably wouldn't break keto because I wouldn't. That's true. You wouldn't get out of, out of ketosis. ketosis. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't hate that idea. Yeah. And you know what else? You got me those that 12 days of hot sauces. Uh-huh, for, yeah. I thought we should just we should play a game where if you get the answer wrong, you have to take a little shot of hot sauce that progresses. We're not gets condoning hot. shots, but you know. <laughs> John already stole some of them. What? Well, a lot of them are repeats. There's like two of most of the flavors. Are they really? So he took a couple. Yeah. But uh, Deidre thought that he was going to take them all. So she grabbed a couple and made sure they made them home. But most of them are still in the sound booth. Huh. Okay. Okay. We're going to do that. We're going to make something of that. Okay. I'm holding you to it. And all of our listeners are too. Because I can't tell you how many times you've said, you know, I'm not hating that idea. And then it's just gone... (laughs) And I never do hate the idea. It just never happens. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So here's a fun fact about Mo. The town I grew up in has a little annual festival. It's kind of like a small fair, okay? 
it's a pretty common thing in the South. The town next to us has You see it in a lot of shows, like yeah. TV shows and things. Yeah. I've never seen one in real life. Yeah. But So the yeah. town next one of the towns next to us had a watermelon festival, another town had a strawberry festival. Typically whatever <laughs> crop is big in that town. I think the one you most often see is like corn. It's like the corn festival. The corn festival. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that we have a corn festival in eastern North Carolina that I know about. Right. But but okay. Um, <laughs> so along with this festival, there's a week-long um, ride set up every night, like small fair rides. Yeah. Um, they take up all of Main Street. We have live music and street dancers and food vendors and everything. Well, there's also a big parade and a small town pageant. And from that small is this town pageant. A beauty pageant? It is a beauty oh, pageant. Is? Okay. Yeah. You have your um casual wear, your formal wear, your talent, your opening number. Girls anywhere from fourteen to eighteen are allowed to compete for for the title and I am the 2000 Aiden Collard Queen. Collard Queen. <laughs> As in collard greens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep. That's... So as I, as I sent this fact over to Matt a couple days ago, autocorrect said the 2000 Aiden Collar Queen. And I reread it and sent him back. The correction and said collared as if that makes it any better right. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is oh, um man. across all of our six shows we have made a total of 363 episodes so this is our longest show episode wise yeah well not this but our first morning show <laughs> our morning show <laughs> Tell me about it. I got gray hairs from it. <laughs> That's also a nice round mathematical number. 363. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about Matt. In third grade, he memorized every line in the school-wide Christmas play, even though he didn't have a speaking part. This came in handy when one of the heavily featured three wise men barfed an hour <laughs> before the play, and Matt was asked to step in. That's cool. I got to be in the paper and everything. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I feel like there should be a Hallmark Christmas movie about that. Right, yeah. It did It did feel, it did have that feeling of like yeah. uh, some sort of movie thing. It was really neat. Yeah. Little boy wants the main speaking part. He... Yeah, I don't remember why I did that, why I memorized the whole thing. I don't know if I was just bored or if I just really liked the play. Yeah. But I would just sit at home and I'd read it and I'd act it out myself. And it turned out I just had it all memorized. Poor Matt had no friends. <laughs> so somehow I became like the the uh, the stand-in. It's not stand-in. It's a. You know what I'm trying to say, though. Uh, it's not fill-in. Not shoot, alternative. It's like second or second in. It's anyway. The, anyway, I became that that person. That position for practically everybody Every in the role. play. Yeah. Even, listen, I'm just glad that Mary didn't barf beforehand. Because that could have been a really I awkward. It off. I, I had fair skin when I was a kid. I could have done it. All right. And Understudy. Last... Understudy. Good job. Hey. There you go. 
Lastly, if you rearrange the letters in back row radio, you get rabbit or wacko, which is a question we ask ourselves every day. (laughs) It's a true story. (laughs) Now it's time to move on uh, to another discussion that you voted as one of our top three from the last 100 episodes. Here's what you voted as number two. Why does Christian radio all sound the same? Here we go. Today we're talking about why all Christian radio is starting to sound the same. So if you turn on K-Love, you will hear songs from Carrie, Carrie Job. Is it Job or Joby? It's Job. Carrie Job, Hillsong United, Toby Mac, and Skillet. Okay? Sounds like a diverse group of bands and styles. And yet, the songs chosen for air on these stations are the ones that are softer and more radio-friendly. For contemporary artists and worship artists, you'll hear their more upbeat songs, but for rap artists and rock bands, you'll hear their more poppy and ballady tracks. What you wind up with is a cross-section of Christian music that all blends together to sound the same. Not only that, the bands themselves are beginning to shift their style to this cookie-cutter sound. The worst offenders are the most obvious, the bands that have been around for decades. Audio Adrenaline and the Newsboys used to be two of the most uh, original-sounding Christian bands out there. Especially the Newsboys, with just the weirdest lyrics on the planet for a lot of their songs. But now, they are very similar to pretty much every other thing we hear. Uh, They tend towards more worship-style songs. God's Not Dead, Greatness of Our God, stuff that you could hear in churches instead of blasting your car radio and having a good old time with a sing-along. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with this comes the problem that we're beginning to judge Christian bands based on their radio singles alone. And, you know, it's usually positive because the songs are positive because it's positive radio, you know. And so the band then leans towards making more of that music that sounds like that. The big popular singles. And so that's how I think we're slowly starting to get to the point where we're all making the same music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, here, let's... What are, you, what are your thoughts? Do you listen to K-Love or, or any of those stations anymore? No. <laughs> Family Life Radio? Mm-mm. Anything like that? No. I really don't. For that main reason. Because you hear the same maybe 15 songs on a rotation for a good, what, 72-hour period, and then they'll mix a different one in there just to kind of mix it up, and you're like, oh, that's a new song, but then they keep it in there for another 72 hours, and so it's no longer new anymore. Right. Yeah, radio stations uh, have to have a at least a three-hour rotation on a specific track. It used to be four hours, but they all clamored saying that that was too long 
we want to play this new hit single more often. And so eventually the FCC gave in and they gave the new rules of three hours. But that just gave them license to now, instead of playing the same song, you know, four or five times a day, now it's six, seven times a day. Right. And yeah, you get real sick of it real fast, especially when you consider that there are, in the Christian music world, uh, and most of these are typically in the praise and worship and uh, Christian pop style, five, six new singles a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you add those and you just play them to death. Yeah. Um, but let's hear some lyrics from originally the Newsboys' most popular song of okay. all time. Before God's Not Dead, before Michael Tate, what was their most popular song? You remember? No, I have no idea. Shine. Remember that song? I was audio, audio adrenaline. I was not Newsboys. You weren't Newsboys? No. Okay. Well, here's... Here, Compare the the song that you get from the Newsboys today to the lyrics of Shine. Here's just one section of the first verse. Try as you may, there is no way to explain the kind of change that would make an Eskimo renounce fur that make a vegetarian barbecue a hamster unless you can trace this about face to a certain sign. Shine, make them wonder what you got. Very poetic, very weird at the same time, it was a super popular uh, Christian rock hit that happened in the very early or mid '90s. It was, I think, it was '94, maybe '95 when it came out. Okay. But do you know how strange those lyrics were? Make a vegetarian yeah. barbecue, barbecue a hamster. A hamster. <laughs> <laughs> um. Out of the shaker and onto the plate, it isn't karma, it sure ain't faint. That would make a deadhead sell his van, that would make a schizophrenic turn in his crayons. You know, it's all about, you know, what happens when people find salvation. Right. But it's, right. they do You're it willing in su- to give up everything. Right. But they do it in such a strange and, and compellingly lyrical way that it was something so new and something so different. And instead of continuing in this beautiful mode where everybody branches out into this this weird, wacky world of Christian music, we're all starting to implode onto ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of music you would hear on K-Love back then. Not anymore. Even yeah. today, even in a nostalgia hour, you wouldn't hear Shine on K-Love. Right. The only song that I can think of back from that generation of Christian rock music that you can still hear on K-Love is Big House by Audio Adrenaline, which big, big which they house. have played to death. With I don't I don't know that they play room. it anymore. But big big table, <laughs> lots and lots of food. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, one. So that was song was awful. <laughs> it's my favorite. Big big yard where we can Can't play, play football. football. A big oh, big gosh. house. It's my father's house. I don't know, that's not even on the station. I'm so sick of it. Like, you've all heard it enough. You don't ever need to hear it But again. it takes me back every time I hear it. It takes me back. I once again am 15 at the concert with my youth group. And I'm like, this is an awesome song. Yeah. Deidre and I were listening to the station last night uh, while they were... Um, Getting ready for VBS, building stuff for VBS, mm-hmm. and uh, breathing by 
Lifehouse. Mm-hmm. They're not, not breathing. I'm sorry. It was uh, Hanging by a Moment. Mm-hmm. Hanging by a Moment by Lifehouse came on. Uh, Hanging by a moment here with you. Dave was mm-hmm. like, who sings this song? I said, that's Lifehouse. She goes, oh gosh, I'm a teenager again. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the five albums she owned. Yep. <laughs> that's what I personally love about music. Mm-hmm. Is it takes me back, and that may really play a huge role as, into why I'm not a fan of today's music because it doesn't take me back anywhere. Right, but even if you were, consider it 15 years from now. Yeah. What are you gonna hear? Yeah. It all sounds the same. Mm-hmm. There's nothing uh, individual. There's nothing special that ah, plays on Caleb. Nay. What? For King and Country. Okay, that's true. There are some standouts, but still, even them, they do they do the style better than most, but it's still the same style. It is in some ways. And a lot of For King and Country's music, despite the fact, I do love it. Go ahead. But a lot of For King and Country's music sounds the same, too. Sure, because it's their sound. Yeah. You know, I, to me, I can't get behind, and this is just a personal preference, I know, but I can't get behind a band that sounds rock and then country and then pop all in one album. Mm, I can't do that's it. That's true. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I not in one album at least. What's gonna well what's gonna end up happening is somebody's gonna be like, hey, this is so and so and I'm gonna be like, no, it's not. <laughs> this is country. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is them. No, it's not. <laughs> See that that kinda happened with nine lashes. They were they were very heavy rock. And then they came out with a new album, and it was very poppy and like electronic and dance. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, Ooh, all the all their rock fans are like, what's going on? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You end up hearing a band, you like the band, not only because of the lyrics or whatever it speaks to you, but because of the sound. Mm-hmm. You know. And then they play a different song, and you're like, wait a minute, this yeah. is n- nope, this is not what I signed up for. Check yourself at the door. See, but that happened with Newsboys. Is that Newsboys had this crazy, weird rock music, and then they came out with their worship album, and it was so popular that even though they kind of dabbled going back and forth between the two styles for a little while, now it's just this style. Which may be why I'm not a Newsboys fan. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. Not my favorite. I guess the, yeah, I guess we were teenagers when, yeah. uh, when the Worship Project stuff started. Mm-hmm. So, I have a theory as to why this is happening. Okay. You want to hear it? Yes. Why that's, that's music what, that's is... That's what we do here. We talk about things. <laughs> okay. My theory is really why... I guess it plays into why Christian radio all sounds the same, but really more why Christian music is all starting to sound the same. Okay. This is my theory. In the 90s, even the early 2000s, Churches, for the most part, were still singing, like, revised hymns. They were singing hymns or revised hymns or um, maybe even some original worship songs. They weren't really singing things that you would hear on the radio. If anybody sang something that you heard from the radio, it was a special. Right. Ray Bolts or something. Going, yeah. Thank you. You know what I mean? The they weren't in our continued rotation of what our worship leader is singing on Sunday morning. Right, right. You know, to lead us in praise and worship. That has happened, though, in the last, what, 10, maybe 15 years? Yeah. Where 
that it's become our Sunday morning worship. Those songs are what we pull from. And it's it's nice because at the same time we can hear it all throughout the week in our car. We don't have to wait for church in order for our worship leader to lead us. We don't have to go buy that cassette tape that was so <laughs> hard to find that has the worship songs that we sang Sunday morning, you know, so we can hear it on the radio. But because of that, I feel like most Christian bands, it's now their thing. Hey, we want to be able to be played in church on Sunday morning. We have to have this certain sound. We have to kind of fit into this mold so that worship leaders will want to play our song. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my theory as to why it's all kind of conformed and evolved into what it is now, right. which is could pass easily for a Sunday morning worship song. And see, and I, I think you're right. And that, that was uh, a prominent issue with Audio Adrenaline because the original singer decided to step down from the band. He was still active with the band's ministries and, and like production and stuff, but he didn't want to be, wasn't it Mark Stewart? Is that what his name? I don't know. I think it was. Um, he wanted to step down. Show me a picture and I can tell you <laughs> if it was him, but I don't know his name. And Kevin Max was invited to step in. Mm -hmm. And this was back when we thought, okay, DC Talk's just going to take over all the bands. Yeah. <laughs> from the 90s. Um, but that album, even though a lot of people didn't like it because it didn't sound like Audio Adrenaline, that album was great. Yeah. Kings and Queens was a good album. Take away from the fact that it's Audio Adrenaline, uh, just consider it a brand new band, fantastic album. Yeah. But then that was all we got with Kevin Max. Yeah. And Kevin Max stepped down again. And it was because the band was kind of deciding, we want to take this into a, a worship direction. Mm -hmm. We want to take it into that direction that you're talking about. And he didn't want that. Kevin Max, uh, especially if you listen to his uh, independent stuff, which we have a lot of on the station, you know, he's very poetic with his words. He's very odd with the uh, the music style choices. He does a lot of different sounds. He doesn't have, he, ha it's, it's weird. He has a distinct sound and he doesn't because it's, everything's different. Mm -hmm. The distinct sound is his voice. Right. So he can sing on anything, and you're like, yeah, that's Kevin Max, but everything that he makes sounds different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was why he stepped down from that, which made me really sad, because I really liked that album. Um, and later we came to find out that pretty much everybody from origi the original Audio Adrenaline at that point was gone. And so the Audio Adrenaline that we have now doesn't have a single member on it. That was original to the band. And see, I think that it shouldn't be allowed to right. be called... Why are we still called All the Adrenaline at this yeah. point? <laughs> sure, Newsboys. it was a great band name, but come on, guys. Right. And Newsboys was almost that way until Peter Furler and Phil Joel have rejoined the band, which mm -hmm. was originally supposed to just be for a fun tour, and now they've made an album, and now they might be continuing on with two lead singers... Which is weird. But, uh, and it's weird to think that it's weird because DC Talk had three lead singers. <laughs> but <laughs> we're in a weird world right now. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think, uh, it has been leaning towards, uh, wanting to be popular in the churches as well as just in the Christian pop culture realm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the problem with that is that it's killing. 
the music, the Christian music, that doesn't sound like that. Yeah. Uh, because all radio stations are now focusing specifically on the most popular Christian music. Mm-hmm. Because they have to, because radio's dying. You know, radio, analog radio, or whatever it's called, tuning in a dial radio, that is dying off. Advertisers don't want to do it. People are streaming more Spotify, using their phones, listening to whatever they want at any time. Uh, and that's killing the radio industry as we know it. And so, of course, K-Love, long time ago, switched to kind of this focus. But they also had Air One Radio, which back then you could hear, uh, you know, Super Chick and mm-hmm. Thousand Foot Crutch and whatever on there mixed in with some of the more poppy, popular music. But it was all this upbeat and energetic. And uh, some of the songs dealt with a little bit tougher topics than you hear on positive radio, K-Love. And... Uh, as of earlier this year, Air One is now all worship, all praise and worship. And so here in in uh, New Mexico, we've had this station that's gone by many different names for a long time. Uh, originally, it was K-Lite. Then it was Massive Radio. Then they changed it to just M88. Then they changed it to Static Radio. Then they changed it to Star 88. And each time they changed it, They've shifted the focus a little bit on the music style, but it always usually ends up in the same place. They're playing very little of the mainstream popular stuff and a whole lot of the amazing music that we never get to hear, which is kind of the exact uh, goal of us, of mm-hmm. Back Row Radio, is featuring a lot of music, including independent artists, that you don't get to hear all the time, that you might not even know exist if you've only listened to the positive radios and the... Whatever we have out there. Family Life Radio, things like that. Um, Which, let me just pause to be clear. We're not bashing them for existing or for what they're doing. They do what they do. They do it well. They're very popular. We have nowhere near the number of listeners as any of these radio stations. We're just trying to analyze the situation. All right. So this radio station that we've had in New Mexico that we've been blessed to have... uh, has had this this goal for years. It's been for, I mean, when I was a teenager, that's when all this was started. And uh, Star 88 inspired us a lot with the style of music that we chose to focus on here at Backwell Radio. And now, in the last uh, couple months, they too have decided to start shifting to hmm. the mainstream cookie cutter stuff that we hear all the time and it's heartbreaking because that's almost like a piece of my childhood dying yeah and they had a morning show uh, on there with uh guys named uh, dex and stevo stevo's been there for 17 years and uh they would talk about they had a morning show very similar to us we could talk about whatever we wanted uh as long as it was you know Appropriate. I didn't realize we could talk about whatever we wanted. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, they were allowed to be a little edgy. They were allowed to have fun. And they dialed that back. Rumor is that they said, you know, you can't talk about whatever you want anymore because we're shifting our, our gears to a more family-oriented, more uh, worshipful-oriented, more positive-oriented. And so we want you to be that way, too. And so they both quit. Hmm. And... 
and you know, I don't know if that was the only reason or if that was a particular reason, but that's that's the general feeling that everyone's getting is, you know, you know, of course if they're going to be censored on their show that they've been doing for 6 7 years now, said, "Okay, you can no longer do your show the way you want to do it. We yeah. need to make this more like the Caleb Morning Show, which is just all positive news and and uh talking about our pets." <laughs> And even Caleb is having their their people jump ship because it's just too much. Right. Cankle Fritz and whatever the, those guys name are, they're all gone. They're all on different radio stations now. Which I mean, really, why can't why Cankle Fritz? <laughs> like, what's his name? <laughs> I don't think that's his name. I don't think that's his name. But yeah, it's just it's it's a sad state of affairs. But it is. I think I think you really did hit the nail on the head. Is that that's kind of why that's where our, where. Christianity at large, Christian culture at large, finds the popularity in the music is, yeah. can I sing this at church mm-hmm. now? Can we uh, add this to our our uh, worship team practice? And, yeah. Which... Which I think is... Um, it's not a bad thing. But, over, but if it's the only thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It becomes <laughs> a bad thing when it's the only thing. So don't worry about it, folks. Back Row Radio ain't ever going to be doing that. Just we stick will, with we us. We will sooner shut down the station before we just switch over to nothing but... Which we might have to if y'all don't else. send us your money. <laughs> right? If you want to hear better Christian music all day er day, get in on this Patreon, y'all. Kayla, I've asked you for $40 a month. We ain't asking for that. You can give us $2 a month. And we will treat you like you gave us a thousand. (laughs) You get all the Number two, what topic did you pick as our number one of that last 100 episodes? Well, coming up next, we'll find out. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show, here on BackRowRadio.com. And we're celebrating 200 episodes of our morning show. Uh, we have count down, counted down the number three and the number two top topic of the last 100 episodes as voted on by you. Now it's time to reveal and relive number one. Our number one topic as voted on by you is Let's Judge Chick-fil-A Hacks. Did you catch that? Let's Let's judge Chick-fil-A hacks. There you go. (laughs) We've got a list of Chick-fil-A hacks. Now, obviously... You know, this isn't a YouTube video where we're going to try them out for you and 
and judge it that way. We're no, but we could. To, we're going to re- <laughs> have a YouTube video. Yes. Those all in favor of a YouTube video. Uh, well, we're starting our segment called Let's Judge. And uh, we're going to actually read off these descriptions of Chick-fil-A hacks and go about kind of with our knowledge of how these would work based on how many times we've gone to Chick-fil-A. But um, we're just going to kind of give you our thoughts, see if these sound logical or if they're just stupid. I have scoured the internet for Chick-fil-A food hacks. Food hacks are typically when you make something not on the menu at a fast food restaurant, such as the Mick 1035, where you buy a breakfast sandwich and a double cheeseburger just before and then just after the McDonald's breakfast switch, and then combine the items into an epic brunch meal. Hmm. Uh, We've got five main ones here, and then we've got a few more we'll toss about at the end. Uh, But the first one I have is the Sriracha Chicken Sandwich. Or the buffalo chicken sandwich. Uh, For sandwiches or biscuits, remove the biscuit or buns and set aside. Next, place the filet in the sandwich bag and pour in some Chick-fil-A sweet and spicy sriracha sauce or buffalo sauce or whatever spicy sauce of your choice. Close the bag tightly, give it a shake, and then remove your chicken. It will be coated in that delicious sauce, ready to go back on the biscuit or bun. And then you return your sriracha glazed chicken back to your bun and enjoy. I mean, given the fact that they add the element of you're shaking it in a bag, Mm -hmm. I guess technically that makes it a hack. But, I mean, is it really any different than just pouring pouring it on the top? Or dipping it in? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, is is it worth the extra work to you, you think? No. And to be totally honest, I'm not feeling 100% comfortable sitting in a Chick-fil-A, taking my sandwich apart. And shaking my bag. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. It's shaking not happening. Shaking your bag to the soft sounds of instrumental Christian music. Nope. And see, I don't even want to do it in my car. Because there's going to be somebody who's going to drive past me and be like, why is she shaking her Chick-fil-A bag? This woman has lost... Do I need to call, call 911? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't mind looking like a crazy person, sure... But otherwise, just, just, pour, it. just pour it on yeah. there. Just top, Take the bun off, put it on the top, eat it. Yep. What's the deal? Yep. All right, number two. Convert your Chick-fil-A cup into a table. How many times have you been driving with your Chick-fil-A nuggets in your lap or on your console? To prevent any messes, make your mealtime a pleasure. Simply place the straw of your drink through the hole in the chicken nugget box. Viola, you can balance your food on top of your drink. It's Keeping voila. Your nuggets oh, is it? What yes. Did I, say? <laughs> did I say viola. I did. I always say viola. I don't know why. Voila. voila. You can place your food on top of your drink. Keeping your nuggets easy to access while you're in your car. Okay. I've seen this. Have you seen it? Have yeah. you, does it work? I've never tried it. Because here's, here's what I'm thinking. Based on the photos that I've seen, it takes up the majority of the straw that's above mm-hmm. the cup. Yeah. So it would work fine as long as you're not planning on drinking until you're done eating. Right. Or if you don't have a large drink, you have a small drink. That way you have more straw out of your But cup. I feel like you would lose the the floor element that's of true. it at that point. Yeah, I don't know. Because it would need to be the large one to have that space. Because even with the large cup, it's only it's not even the full length of the box that's sitting on the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, the full width of it, not like long wise, but like the short yeah. width. It's yeah. still not even that full. So if we did smaller lids, I think yeah. it would just be flopping over. True. So I think there's not a win situation if you want to drink while you eat, which I have to. 
Yeah. Daedra, on the other hand, my wife, could just... She'll eat straight everything, and then she'll drink afterwards, which I don't know how she can do that. Yeah, I get dry a, mouth. There are a lot of people who do that, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to I me. don't understand. Their They're supposed to happen together. when they were children. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I don't see it... I don't know. I don't um, see it as super viable. But I guess if you don't care about uh drinking until you're done eating then i it should work i mean it's not the it's not the smoothest hack but if you really don't have any place to set your chicken nuggets sure maybe but i feel like there's plenty of places in the car that are much more stable that you can just put your box yeah yeah and i don't i'm i have never sat my food on the dash. No, yeah, no. Like, Not while you're the, driving. That's anyway. the dumbest thing you could ever do. <laughs> I don't know. Just don't buy nuggets when you're driving. No, I feel like nuggets are the easiest thing you to think eat it's while easier? you're driving. I yeah. Eat a, I've eaten a sandwich while I'm driving and it's been fine. No. One hand on the sandwich, one hand on a wheel. No. That's See, I can't live. do it. I have to have <laughs> both hands ready to access the wheel in case of an emergency situation. Drop the sandwich if it's uh, an emergency situation. Yeah, I don't want to drop my sandwich. <laughs> if I'm in an emergency, I'm going to need that sandwich. <laughs> exactly. What if I get stuck under my car for a day? For real. <laughs> uh, all right. Number three, get twice the cookies in your milkshake. To create your own double cookie milkshake, just order a cookies and cream milkshake and a chocolate chip cookie. Order a cookie, crumble the cookie into the milkshake, mix it up with your straw. Before you know it, you'll be in cookie heaven. Now this I can get behind. Now hold on though. It sounds great. But tell me this. Could you get one of those really thick thick and mostly soft Chick-fil-A cookies Mm -hmm. and crumble it up small enough that it's going to come through your straw? Maybe. No way Why on earth. Why are you so cynical today? No, this is what we're doing. We're judging. The segment's called Let's Judge. Yeah. This one I can get behind. No, you can't. All you're doing, if you're going to eat it like ice cream with a spoon, absolutely. But if you're shaking it up, you're drinking this thing, ain't no way you're getting that second cookie anywhere near your mouth. It's just going to sit there. I think you're wrong. On the bottom of your cup. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I'm excited to do this on the YouTube show. I'm excited. Number four. Low on funds? Get yourself a 49-cent grilled cheese. What? Order a buttery bun. Yeah. Order a buttery bun with a slice of cheese. Simple, cheap, and delicious. And you can add a tomato slice or other veggies, too, if you wish. I... What? (laughs) Now, it essentially wouldn't be grilled. Uh, The bun would still be hot. Uh, and it goes through its toaster thing, and then you just put the slice of cheese in the middle. So you are so, literally asking for individual, can I get a buttery bun and a slice of cheese? With a slice of cheese. And a slice of tomato, please? Yeah, and it costs you 49 cents. Well, it might be more with a tomato, but yeah. What? Not a bad deal. That's insane. Now, I do know, I worked at Wiener Schnitzel, and I would, for the hot dog buns, we had like this roller thing. Where you'd open them up and you'd slide the hot dog bun down to the bottom and it would slowly roll and toast the the bun on one side and kind of butter it up on the other side Mm -hmm. and it'd pop out the bottom. So what I would do is I would take a hot dog bun, I would take a slice of cheese, cut it in half and then put it long ways on on the bun and take a piece of bacon and put it there. 
Then I would smoosh it together, and then I would drop it down that thing all smooshed together, and it would toast the whole thing and then pop out, and it would be gooey and delicious. Mmm. Best grilled cheese ever. <laughs> so if you could do that. But, uh, yeah. And that, I got to do that until one time I didn't squish it down flat enough, and the roller rolled it open, mm. and the melted cheese got on all the everything, and I got yelled at. I bet. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, those can be good. Man. Those can be good. Yeah. All right. So that's a good one. Number five, strawberry lemonade. Uh, the, the poster said, we don't want to set your expectations too high, but this is one of the best strawberry lemonades that we've ever tasted. I guess it's because we aren't all that used to having real strawberries in our lemonade. Something that kind of uh, made the secret menu item from Chick-fil-A stand out from the crowd. Not only does it have real strawberries, but they are in a sweet strawberry syrup that heightens the entire drink. So one last thing to note about this Chick-fil-A drink. Stir it up before you start drinking. If you don't, you might end up getting a mouthful of strawberry syrup, which Lovely. isn't ideal. Uh, but to get this, you can just use, uh, you can just order your lemonade like normal. Usually you can order, a, just say, I want a strawberry lemonade and they'll know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But if they don't. You simply ask for a lemonade with some strawberry syrup topping mixed in, which should cost you about 30 cents extra. Uh, wow. It's the strawberry topping that they use for their strawberry milkshakes. Okay. Uh, but it is real strawberries in a real strawberry syrup, and apparently it is fantastic. And this yeah. is something that I'm going to try the next time I go to Chick-fil-A. Because I love their lemonade. I love their diet lemonade. I like the diet lemonade more than the regular lemonade. Yeah. They really, they've really got something with that diet lemonade. What do you think of that? That sound good? Uh, yeah. Are you a lemonade fan? I am a lemonade fan. I love because that's the only thing I get when I go there. I love lemonade. Drink wise, it has to be real lemonade though. Yeah. Nah, that's a lie. Because I even like Country Time lemonade. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I think I could drink lemonade all the time. See, that's why I really love their diet lemonade. Yeah. Because it's. I don't think it's no calories, but I think it's. Very little calories. calories, yeah. And it is just so good. I usually get two full large cups with no ice and drink it the rest of the day. It's so good. So <laughs> Make it good. worth it. All right, so we got a few other hacks here. We're not going to spend too much time on each one of these, but we got the fried chicken club. Ask for the original fried chicken instead of the grilled chicken on their grilled chicken club. Okay. And apparently it's fantastic got your cone swap most people don't know this that kids can swap out their toy for an what? ice cream cone which is especially handy if you get the same toy you already got right that's cool trade it out for a free ice dream cone yep uh they got this thing called the first 100 if you're not aware of this chick-fil-a does a fun thing whenever they open a new franchise location it's called the first 100 if you're one of the first 100 people at a new chick-fil-a opening you can win a free chick-fil-a food for a year which huh. is actually 52 coupons that you can use. Uh, now, they are dated. Like, you can only use this coupon this week. Okay. You know, for 52 weeks. Yeah. But the coupon is for a full number one meal. You get the sandwich, the fries, and the drink. Wow. Uh, for free. Uh, it's not technically, though, the first 100 in line anymore. Uh, because apparently this started to cause craziness. I'm People sure. going nuts, fighting, all kinds of stuff. So now you still have to be there when they open. And usually people camp out overnight. Uh, but you get put into a lottery system for a drawing. Mm, of course. Yeah, and they pick 100 out of that. But yeah, it's still really neat. I still remember, though, they were opening a, a Chick-fil-A 
somewhere in Albuquerque, and I remember seeing people camping out overnight. Really? Yeah. A lot of people. <laughs> uh, number four, fresh sandwich. Often you'll know you'll go to Chick-fil-A, you'll order your food, and then it'll be ready before you're even done paying for it. Yeah. Uh, that's because they usually, especially during mealtime, uh, peak mealtimes, they're cranking these things out ready to go. Mm -hmm. If you want a fresh sandwich, make a small modification. Ask for no pickles or extra pickles, or if it's a more complicated sa uh, sandwich, you know, less tomato, no tomato, something Smart. like that. Yeah. And they have to make it fresh and new at that point. Uh, number five, how about a free sandwich? Download the Chick-fil-A app. Chick-fil-A 1, I believe is what it's called. And you get automatically a digital coupon for a free sandwich. Huh. Now, these next two are, we're going to call them unethical hacks. Things you might not know. And we're not endorsing you do. But they do exist. So, following up on the free sandwich one, you have the multiple free sandwich hack, which is where you just keep making new accounts on that Chick-fil-A app. And keep getting that digital coupon for a free sandwich. <laughs> Which apparently a lot of people are doing. But number two, this is kind of cool, but you could see how this could also be taken advantage of. Uh, a former employee made known of a secret yet spectacular customer service policy of Chick-fil-A. Apparently it's a rule that if a customer comes through the drive through orders food or whatever, and then they realize, oh, they can't pay, they forgot their wallet or card at home, the store is typically going to just give them the food anyway because mm -hmm. the idea is it's just going to go to waste. Yeah. They're just going to throw it away. So why not put that good out into the universe? But uh, clearly this could be easily taken advantage of. Absolutely. By, oh, I don't have my wallet. But uh, still, I guess you're kind of limited because you really can't get away with that too often because people will remember you. Oh, sure. Yeah. So you can only do that about once every location if that's the path you want to take your life in. Yeah. But uh, come on, guys. This is Chick-fil-A. They love you. Let's not take advantage of them. Listen, if you're doing either of those two unethical <laughs> hacks, I hope that you are like saying an extra blessing over your food. Otherwise, you're going to get food poisoning. <laughs> I mean, it's just a fact. <laughs> oh goodness gracious but uh yeah some good stuff some eh, kind of but mostly good mostly yeah. good hacks yeah uh, there are a few more online you can you research them there are a couple lists that just have dumb things uh one of the hacks was um <laughs> check your order because <laughs> sometimes they make mistakes what? I mean, what's the deal? What the, how is that a That's hack? a life I feel lesson. Like, That's I feel not like, a hack. I feel like they thought, we're going to make 15 Chick-fil-A hacks. And they got to 12 and like, crud. Yep. We need three more. <laughs> Check your bag. No. Um, but another another hack, not really a hack, but another thing to be aware of. Chick-fil-A has a lot of like special things. They have their cow appreciation day where mm -hmm. you, dress you dress up like, like a, cow a cow and you get a yep. free sandwich. Uh once a year, most locations sell a calendar. So I'm assuming this is towards the end of the year. Sell a calendar that each month has a special coupon on it. The calendar is like seven bucks. But each coupon, like one month, or I think two months worth of coupons, covers that seven Pays bucks already. That, yeah. And then you still got ten more months of coupons. Uh, and they're always really good coupons. So you want to look for that too. Try and get one of those. 
but who uh, needs a just... calendar anymore though i know that's true right that's the thing like a cow lender a cow <laughs> i bet you that's what they call it man it might it might be That was the number one topic you picked that we covered in the last 100 episodes. And now, for a couple dirty little secrets. Whoa. First of all, this is not episode 200. This is episode number nine of our new show. So consider this a soft finale for the now defunct Back Row Morning Show. It was our very first propriety Proprietary show. There you go. Here on Back Row Radio. And it served us well. Stop laughing at me. And now, the morning side hug will hopefully live up to it and surpass it. Secondly, in honor of reaching our 200th recorded show by any name, we're taking the rest of the week off. And we're actually using the rest of the week to spotlight our new Friday show, Church Nerds, with Bubba and Anna. Over the next three days, we will be replaying the first three episodes of Church Nerds from the past few weeks, leading up to a brand new show, on Friday. So if you haven't caught the new show yet, this week is a great time to catch up. Oh, coming up next, we'll share something we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. back to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something I love. So I realize that I may be a little behind the times in this, but you know, I don't have to be up to date to share with you something that I love, right? Right. Okay. You don't know anybody anything, Mo. You be you. Listen, <laughs> that's why we're friends. <laughs> So just recently, my family started re-watching The Masked Singer. We watched the very first season, but then we stopped, and apparently there's like, we're in almost season four now. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, and so they season... Just keep re, they just keep starting it as soon as it ends? I have no idea. Golly. So season two and season three are on Hulu. Okay. And so we went back and started watching season two again, or not again, for the first time. And I had forgotten how much I really do enjoy that show. And not only that show, but sitting and watching a show with my children. Right. Um, Because it can be kind of hectic sometimes. But with The Masked Singer, one, they think that they know, like, all these celebrities. And so they're calling out all these really obscure, kind of off-the-wall names. And then it never happens to be the person that they think it is. (laughs) But two, Chris and I are like... Oh, we totally know that voice. We know. So we're sitting there with our eyes closed, like tuning in to the voice. So mm-hmm. you can't actually see the person in the mask trying to pull out any memory that we can yeah. of, of that vocal to try and pick out who we think it is. Season two, by far, in, in my opinion, was way better than season one. And it's been really enjoyable to just kind of sit and watch. And yeah, we've been binge watching. the masked singer every night as all the kids are home and we're eating dinner and we're sitting there watching it and sheesh yeah i think i watched two episodes of the very first season yeah and i was like yeah 
Really? I'm just I'm just over competition things in general. Yeah. And I know this has a funny twist. Yeah. But I don't know. I might give it another try. I might start watching season two. Try it out. It's on Hulu. But yeah. I wasn't impressed to begin with. Oh, but I like it a lot. Okay. And they bring on. I can't remember if they did this in season one or not. But this season, a lot more they've brought on guest judges, if you will. Mm. And so they've made it a little more. Okay. And Jenny McCarthy pees herself in season two. All right. (laughs) That's worth an episode or two. Sure. All right. (laughs) And also, since we're not having any more episodes of our show this week, I will share something that I love, too. Mm. Uh, I have been playing recently a game that you might not have wanted to buy for your Nintendo Switch as an adult because you think it seems childish. Uh, And it is... It is uh, presented very childish because it's made out of crafts. It's Yoshi's Crafted World. Hmm. So it's it's a it's a Yoshi game similar to all the Yoshi games, uh, starting with Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island, where you know your main character is Yoshi and you're throwing and targeting eggs at things and collecting flowers and stuff. It's it's in that series. Um, but it looks very childlike because instead of it being a typical animated thing or the 3D animated that it's used before, it's now animated in a style that makes it look like it's all made of crafts and trash that's been repurposed and all this kind of stuff. It's really neat, uh, design-wise, very unique. But it does look like, it, it very much looks like just a kid game. Mm-hmm. Um, and while uh, it is easier than most, you know, quote-unquote adult games out there. Uh, it's not going to give you too much of a challenge. It is very fun. Yeah. And it really reminds me a lot of the Super Mario World 2 uh, back on the SNES. That was just a, a classic game. Um, and there's plenty... I mean, it gets a lot harder as you go on. It starts off really easy, very softball, and it gets a lot more challenging. And, you know, it's, it's more like a puzzle-based kind of as well. You know, they do a lot more puzzle elements in that platformer than a normal Mario game would. Um, But it's fun. It's a very fun, casual game to just sit down and play that gives you more variety than, like, a phone game, you know. Okay. Which is what we all have kind of defaulted to, is it will play these cheap, ad-laden phone games to just pass the time when we don't want a real challenge. We just want to goof around for a bit. Well, this is a good game for that. Because there's a lot of content. I've been playing this thing for two solid weeks now. At least a couple hours most days. uh, Spread across the day. And I still have so much left to do. It's a giant game. Uh, But it's really good. And what's neat about it, and I think this is a new element to this game, is that you play the stage all the way through. But then almost every level, you can play the flip side. Where the the stage flips back around. And you're now going from the end to the front Hmm. and trying to accomplish tasks that way. But because it's flipped around, I mean, it's your perspective. The whole perspective is flipped around. It's not just in reverse. Now you're looking at the stage from the other side. And so you're seeing the back of all these crafts and stuff. And so what looked like a a pillar of something in the main stage, you took to the back. And you see it's like taped over like a soda can. Huh. You see, like a soda can thing, and now they've pieced all this together. It's really neat. That is of, cool. A lot of like find the item, find the object stuff in this as well. Nice. It's, it's a really well put together game. Uh, <laughs> and 
Target accidentally sold a bunch of them for a dollar. On Target.com, last week, one night at about midnight, they had a glitch in their site that had the Yoshi game being sold for a dollar a piece. And they could they caught onto it really quickly and they could fix the ones where you bought a digital copy, but you can also buy a download copy, which is a code that gets emailed to you as soon as you check out. Nice. And so there were people that bought like 10, 20, 30 codes to then sell or yeah. give away for 30 bucks. You know, that's all they had to pay and they wow. got the game. And so it was just one of those things. There's nothing Target can do about that. Yeah. They could cancel all the physical orders that made it through during that time, which they did. Can't cancel the download codes. They have them. And they're real. Yep. So. Well. If you weren't lucky for that. Lucky enough for that, though. It's still $60, but it might drop down soon. Uh, but yeah, well worth it. Very good game. Hmm. Something I love lately. Well, all right. Well, let's close out our show with our Bible verse for the day. Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Thank you for joining us. There's a Backrow Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore. At 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific, Mo and I usually bring you the morning side hug throughout most of the week. But this week, it's just today. And Bubba and Anna will bring you church nerds for the rest of the week and their typical show on Friday. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Backrow Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Backrow Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Backrow Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donate $1 a month will get you into our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug, and you get a full episode of Church Nerds a day early. Of course, we also offer the Back Row Free Podcast, where you'll get a weekly podcast on Thursdays from The Morning Side Hug with selected clips from all four of our shows that week. You'll get Critical Hit with Hector Mira and the first and the full episodes of Church Nerds after they air on Fridays. You will also be hearing this full episode. We're going to give the full episode to you this week on the free podcast since we only have the one and it's a special one. So if you are listening, we thank you so much for continuing to listen Mm. and hopefully you love what we put together here. Uh, That is it for our show. We'll be back next week and uh, we hope you will too. But make sure you tune back in tomorrow morning and the rest of the week at the same time for church nerds. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. We want you here for the next hundred shows. And if you see us around, we'd love a sign up. Bye.